Hi, my name is PK from Almost Inevitable Design, and this is a $2.4 million podcast where we talk about web design, web development, and WordPress. Just a heads up, I might be using a bit of profanity at times, which is why I checked on the explicit tag. If you're enjoying this podcast, I'd appreciate it if you left me a good rating on iTunes and Spotify, and if you have any questions, feel free to come down to almostinevitable.com and leave me a comment. Also, if you have any friends who need to hear this shit, go ahead, recommend it, and share it. Okay, we are back. I was a little bit, well, I'm still pretty fucking busy, but um, I was I was really occupied with uh, with uh, with my <laughs> my wife's website uh, last night and also tonight. I need to get back onto um, other client work real soon, but I need to hand this off to my wife so she can put, upload her content and then you know I can style it later because I have a little bit of time. Um, so yeah. Uh, I didn't rec- record yesterday. It's Monday, so today is Tuesday. I'm supposed to upload this tomorrow, and I usually record on Monday evening, and then I edit Tuesday evening, and then I upload and upload on t- Tuesday evening as well, and then uh, publish on Wednesday. Um, I don't know. This could be a little like a few hours late than normal, but oh well. Um, so uh, before. This title, this one, so this is episode uh, 027, so episode 27, title is Sad But True. All right, Sad But True is, um, you can tell that this is a WooCommerce uh, episode, right? Because it is not only a Metallica song, and not, not only a Metallica song, you can pretty much tell that it's going to be about how um, a lot of things that people dream about in WooCommerce won't work, right? <laughs> because it's sad but true. Sad but true is off of the 1991 Metallica album, the Black Album, and it is a very, very good song. Um, so check it out. Yeah. All right. Now... Before we actually get into, before we actually get into the content for today, now the content for today is, oh shit, the content for today is uh, tier two, level two delusions of WooCommerce. Um, but the reason why I'm going to go over uh, an article before I get into the delusions is because you'll see in a minute. Um, here are this is this is from webdesignerdepot.com and it was published about a week ago, February 17th, 2020. And the title is The Latest Research for Web Designers, February 2020. Okay, latest research. Now, this is now this is really a, uh, an article worth checking out. It really is because it has a lot of stats that you can, you know, sort of look up and and read and at least if you know uh, about I don't know if you know about these stats I guess uh, um, it, it will help you talk when you're talking to your clients and stuff you know if you know about this it will help I'm sure so um, check out the check out the link in the article well check out the article that is linked in the post for this podcast is the proper way of saying it, I guess, a more descriptive way of saying it. So here, uh, it's it's about some 
well, it's technically like stats about, you know, modern, oh shit, what did I click? Ah, oh, fuck, I clicked the wrong thing. Wait, where, why? All right, let's go back. Yeah, sorry, I clicked on the wrong thing. Uh, I, I have a touchpad, a trackpad. I have a trackpad, a magic trackpad, and I have a Logitech mouse uh, because they're both ergonomically uh, um, non-carpal tunnel inducing. Because <laughs> I, get, I get quite a bit of carpal tunnel uh, from working at the desk and, and playing with, uh, working with my Magic Mouse all day. So I've used the Magic Mouse ever since it came out, but then like, like a year ago, I, I gave up on that because I started getting a lot of carpal tunnel. So even when I had a MacBook, I still used the mouse, a Magic Mouse, but... Yeah, um, so I have a Logitech MX Master 2S. It has a lot of buttons on it, so it's really good. And I also have a Magic Trackpad. So when I'm developing and typing code, uh, then I use a trackpad and the keyboard. When I'm designing with like Affinity Publisher and stuff, where, and, and uh, Designer, then so that's like InDesign work and Photoshop work for the Adobe Suite, um, then you, you, need, you need the mouse pointer a lot. So you need to drag and stuff a lot, so uh, I use the mouse for that. So I have a lot of pointing devices. <laughs> Anyways, um, that's why you, can, you couldn't hear the click, but I did click on something else by mistake. All right, so that's not important, but we're going to get into this article, right? So um, the first thing that it talks about here is, of course, mobile. Yeah, of course. F fucking mobile, of course. We're going to talk about mobile. So, of course, um, making websites that work on mobile is important, uh, of course, right? Uh, here are some stats that are interesting. The uh, on the on the whole in the whole world, I guess. Um, and this report has been done by Hootsuite. Fifty-three uh, percent are on mobile phones. It's gone up eight percent, and forty-four percent are on laptops and desktops and tablets. So like tablets are like what eighty percent iPads, ninety percent iPads. Um, tablet computers are only about two point seven percent. It has gone down significantly, which is a shame, but doesn't matter for me because I not only do I make websites responsive on everything, I use my iPad a lot. So whatever. <laughs> and um, zero point zero percent. Oh, sorry, point zero seven percent use other devices like PlayStation and Xbox, which is, which is really, which is a really good number if you think about it, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so the key takeaway here is if you're not building progressive web apps for clients, 2020 may be a perfect time to learn how to do so, or at least, at least, you know, I, I don't, I don't think you should necessarily be building web apps for clients all the time, but um, at least, the websites should be responsive properly, right? So, yeah. Now, here are, here's another thing that I think is very interesting. Security is, um, is a company that does web security and stuff. You've, I'm sure you've seen the name. It, 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 there's a WordPress plugin and stuff as well. So, reveals what was going on with hacked sites in 2019. And here it has... So, there's a graph about the integrity of the content management systems that web designers commonly use, outdated infected CMS distribution. All right, so outdated infected 
CMS distribution 2019. Um, so what they're saying is how many of the websites here, well, if, if you find an infected CMS, right, if you find an infected CMS, how many of them were outdated? All right, so out of all the infected websites that security, security found last year, 56% of them were outdated CMSs, okay? 56% of them were outdated CMSs, which is about half, right? So um, if you've been hacked, if you've got malware, and if you've been hacked, over about, like a, a little bit above half of those guys that have been hacked have outdated CMSs, right? Now, this is actually really interesting, and you can actually use this in many different ways in your marketing, all right? And this, this, yeah, so this is why you really need this, this link. So out of all the CMSs, right, let's start with the worst ones, all right? Um, VBulletin, I, I, don't know, I don't know if you've heard of VBulletin. Maybe I did mention Simple Machine Forums and PHBB. Uh, VBulletin is a paid software, which is why I didn't use it. Um, but yeah, VBulletin is a forum software that's paid. 100% of the vBulletin security problems were because were on outdated vBulletins. Does that make sense? So if vBulletin, if a vBulletin's forum was infected, all of them, all the ones that were infected were on uh, outdated software, which sort of shows that um, it could, well, all right, if you really think about it, it does show that the, the updates are important, but also it shows that um, people are not maintaining vBulletin anymore. <laughs> really, that's what that, I think that's what that is because you don't even have that many vBulletin sites and it's, yeah. So it keeps going down a little bit. Um, let's, all the way up down to, let's, let's go around 80%. So 70, 77%. All right, so we go down from 100, 97, 94, 93, 92, 90, and all that to 77, right? So we have Typo3, PrestaShop, OpenCart, OS Commerce. Joomla is at 90%, 87% is Magento. And then ModX, Drupal is at 77%. So 77% of the sites that were, were are Drupal, that are infected, 77% of them are outdated, okay? All right, now the really surprising thing is PHBB is at 62, WordPress is at 49. So what does that mean? WordPress, 49% of them were outdated. That means the rest of them were not necessarily outdated. What? What? All right, so the thing is, I'm not exactly sure what this means in terms of plugins because WordPress, PHP, I don't know about PHPB, but PHPB probably because nobody updates it anymore, but uh, WordPress and Drupal and maybe, I guess not Joomla, but yeah, so WordPress has, is so proliferated across the internet that it is the, the high, it has the highest vulnerability because it is so common, right? And also, it uses a lot of plugins and you can't guarantee the security of all those plugins, 
So I'm not, I don't know if the, the other 51% of the infected WordPress sites were from non-updated plugins or even if everything, everything, and, I've, and I, I don't believe that everything would have been updated on WordPress because there's so many things that need to be updated. So I think it's just plugins, but even if everything were updated, is it just 51% of WordPress websites, whether even though it was all fully updated, were they infected? Probably not. I cannot believe that. So what I think is that um, WordPress, because it's, it's like a long time ago, a long time ago, people kept saying like, Windows had all the viruses and Mac didn't. And the reason is because there weren't any Mac Macs around so people just targeted all the Windows computers, which to an extent is true, but even with all the Macs that we have now, still don't get many viruses or at all. Yeah, so um, some things are built more securely. Some things um, have are not only just more common, they could have vulnerabilities, they have to be maintained well. So yeah, it's, I think, um, I think it, this actually is a case for you, depending on how you word it, I think this is a good case for you to offer maintenance because um, as long as you run stuff like Securi or WordFence on WordPress, it, it will keep it secure. It's, it does a very good job of keeping it secure. And as long as you go in and update things every month or every other month, you'll be fine. Like I, I've had a few WordPress hacks which is how I got to see porn in the office because <laughs> this website was was hacked with fucking porn, <laughs> and I I've also seen like um credit card gateways, like a, a client website is gone and now there's a credit card gateway and stuff. So yeah, there are I've seen hacks and um it was all when we were on this one hosting. Uh, Net Registry. Net Registry is a piece of shit hosting, and the websites after we moved everything from Net Registry to what I use, Ventra IP, uh, we haven't had any hacks after that. So Ventra IP, I think, is a lot more secure. Um, even if it's WordPress, even if I don't run WordFence, not many things happen. I haven't had any major problems yet. Knock on wood. Right. So. Anyways, um, I think it's I think it'll make a good case for you to offer maintenance. So yeah, just check check this out. All right, so it's it's interesting. Um, all right, so PHP version dis distribution, like there are quite a few. Over half the people are still using five five point two to five point six. What the fuck? You know, uh, twenty six percent are running seven point two, so that's good, I guess. But yeah, there's still a lot of people running five PHP fives. I don't know why. Um, and let's see, uh, yeah, another thing that's interesting is 44% of vulnerable websites had at least two vulnerable components and 10% had four or more. What does this mean? It means not only that, um, once infected websites have a tendency to be reinfected, is that that's what they're saying here. It also means that badly maintained websites will, I mean, badly maintained websites, badly built websites 
are just uh, a security nightmare. People, when you're building something, it's good to build with security in mind, right? And there's not much to do if you think about security. Just fucking install WorkFence and you're okay. And just don't install like free downloads, free, what is it, nullified downloads of plugins or themes. You know, just don't do crappy shit like that and you'll be fine most of the times. All right, now, let's get into the important thing. The, the reason why I brought up this article, all right? Now, this is, this is really important, okay? A Better Lemonade Stand, I guess is the name of a company, shares results from an e-commerce survey. Ooh, now we're talking, right? Let's talk about how people, how clients, our potential clients view e-commerce websites, all right? Okay, the survey reveals that 62.1% of people who want to start an e-commerce business have yet to do so. So that means even though you see so many people trying to start e-commerce, there are twice as many to tap into. Right, so like if you're getting like one a month, there are still at least two more people a month that you could potential potentially be tapping into. Right now, which means we still have a lot of clients to 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 take their money <laughs> to, to take money from. <laughs> All right, what's the question is what is holding you back from starting an e-commerce business? Ooh, all right, number one and number two are 25%, Monetary investment and lack of knowledge. 24% is lack of time. So pretty much three quarters of the people who have not started an e-commerce business are not, have, have not started it because they think it's expensive, they don't know much about it, and they don't have the time to invest in it. Oh, that's interesting. Now, here's another fucking interesting thing. <laughs> 18%, only 18%, which is still the fourth reason, but 18% is lack of product ideas. That's the thing. Everybody else, everybody, most everybody have an idea. They have a wacky, shitty idea. They want to make an e-commerce website, but they don't have the money to invest in it. They don't know how to do it and they don't have the time, all right? Now, if you have the time, and if you don't have the money, what you're gonna do is you're gonna do your research online and end up with either Wix or Squarespace. If you have at least some, least a, a modicum of uh, in, like uh, self-respect, you're gonna end up on Squarespace. Otherwise, you're gonna go to fucking Wix and you're just gonna be the laughing stock of the web design world. <laughs> People who are on Wix are very happy with what they got because they uh, don't have the monet they don't have the investment, they don't have the time. So they drag and drop whatever the fuck they want and they come up with a website that still technically works. So they're very proud of their shit. All right, now, if somebody doesn't have the investment, 
the money to invest in it because e-commerce websites are usually more expensive than regular brochure websites. Um, There are things we can do about that. We can offer different price tiers, price plans, right? We can offer like a templated website and just set that up for a cheaper price and then give them training and have them fuck up the website after that, you know? Um, just as long as we take their money, you know, like I think I said this the first time I started this WooCommerce thing. Uh, I think the money in e-commerce, most, a lot of the money in e-commerce startups is in the development. (laughs) It's, it's, I think most of the money for e-commerce startups is in the development. Not so much design, unfortunately, because... Uh, WooCommerce, if we're doing, because we're doing WooCommerce, WooCommerce has a certain structure that it's better to adhere to and it's not the best or the easiest to stray away from the basic uh, WooCommerce structure. So you can design other stuff, but in terms of that, there's a lot of Websites that actually have demo con- themes that have demo content and stuff, a little less, and a lot of it is functional. So a little less on the design side, more on the development side, because the people who have an have an idea for their product um, have very weird, useless, stupid things, and the developer has to take care of that shit. You know, so yeah. All right, next, um, lack of time. Same thing. You can take care of it. And you can offer maintenance packages because a lot of people do that. So these are ideas that you can actually use to leverage uh, uh, your attractiveness to potential e-commerce clients. You know, so even if they don't do well, and like I said, I haven't seen e-commerce websites that do well, not many. So yeah, even if they don't do well, you can get them in uh, through the door, you know, because... It's not your fault. (laughs) All right, so next one, next graph. And this graph is also really, really fucking important. And this is what I keep saying. This is actually part of tier two delusions. All right. What is the, then people who have e-commerce websites, they surveyed them. What is your biggest struggle or challenge running your e-commerce business right now? A whopping 67.9%, round that up, a whopping 70 fucking percent of people said getting traffic. Fucking getting traffic. Of course, getting traffic. All right, we'll talk more about that in a minute, but yeah, getting traffic. You can't, you need people to come see the website, you know? All right, next, 37.7, so we can go, we can just say 40%. 40% say conversion optimization. Even if you get the person on the website, they don't buy it. All right. Next, you get the other stuff. 26, starting from 26 and then going gradually down, you get sourcing suppliers. You need, you need to get your products, you know. Strategy and analytics. Now, a lot of people have trouble coming up with their uh, strategies or understanding analytics and stuff. That, that makes sense. But, you know, I think, yeah, uh, they can work with someone who understands this and it'll it'll pan stuff out. So like I said, look at this graph and you'll know what the pain points are and that is what you need to address, 
you know. And um, the product, the niche selection, uh, accounting, finance, and legal, fuck that. Uh, assessing, accessing resources and tools, fuck that. You know, it's just like fucking pay for a Spotify plugin or a WooCommerce plugin. Branding and design, yeah, it's because you did it yourself, you dickhead. Uh, shipping and fulfillment, what? Fucking send it off when you when someone pays you. Come on. Operations and customer service, yeah, I guess you you don't want to pay staff or you want to uh, you know outsource and just get people who don't understand your product. Sure, but yeah, these are really low percentages: thirteen percent, seven point five percent, and some three point eight percent have problems with other. What the hell is other? No, I don't know. Yeah, just, all right. So. The, the, the other stuff is like Google indexing mobile first. Uh, we don't care about that. I think these two graphs, these two numbers are really, really, really important. And although I don't have, I've talked about this for quite a bit, uh, I, I hope it's interesting enough that you, you know, come along for the ride. Um, but now we can get into the tier two, the level two delusions that clients have when they make a WooCommerce website. Okay, and what I've written down for this number one and well, it's not I don't say number one, but yeah, a a point in the tier two delusion is trying to rank with general terms, generic terms, and another one is once I start ranking, I can make money easily. All right, that really, really, really is exactly what the other people are actually the ones who have started websites are actually having trouble with getting traffic and conversion optimization. Those two are just delusions. See, like I have the numbers to back it up. Fucking numbers to back that shit up, you know? So you it's it's really 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 hard to rank with general terms. Why? Because you're not the only one selling that shit. And this is even way 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 worse if you want to start a fashion website, a fashion website or a brand website, it's so hard. And I think I think I I remember mentioning this once at least. Um, you have to have you have to establish your audience before you launch. And like I've made a website for I, I don't know if I've mentioned this. I've mentioned I've talked about so many things. I don't know, but I I made a website. One of the few websites that I've not. Uh, not failed is this one guy or small company uh, who makes leather leather no less leather aprons and that is those leather aprons are for uh, barbers I think and artists I don't know I don't know they make custom leather aprons and they do really well. They do very, very well just off of Etsy. Yeah, and they came to me because they didn't want to pay the Etsy rates. I, I don't know what the rates are, but I think it's like 10, 20%, 30%, whatever it is. I don't know. It, I, I'm not on Etsy, so I don't know. But, and they didn't tell me. I just said, okay, yeah, sure, of course. So I didn't ask. But um, they didn't want to pay the Etsy fares uh, Etsy fees, so they wanted to make their own website, and I did. I made their website for them. They wanted something that's modern, slick, or whatever all the fuck things, shit, shit things that they ever all say. They wanted stuff like um, customization, so a little bit of uh, they 
they have the people choose the typeface. They have people choose the color of the leather and the type of apron because apparently, depending on which profession you're in, you use different aprons, which makes sense, right? Gaming computers and web development computers are different most of the times, unless you do both, you know? So, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't play games. I have no idea. Um, so, at least my Mac Mini doesn't have, like, LED lights on it, you know, lighting up the interior because it's a Mac Mini. Uh, so, um, where was I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so, yeah, those, those they, they wanted that. Uh, they wanted those customization options. And because they had an Etsy website and because I could see what their order process was, uh, I could actually get it done relatively easily. And they had almost no problems paying me and we were done. So they were actually, although they wanted a few changes here and there design-wise, which is fine. It comes with the, comes with the job, so that's fine. Um, they actually were pleasant to work with. And they got their website. They went off to do their own stuff. Well, to, they went off and sold it on their website. Uh, and I think they're still there. They're still around. They haven't failed because they have a pretty big following on Etsy. So it works. And also because they have a pretty big following on, on Etsy, Etsy, they don't have to worry about uh, Google searches. People can find them on Etsy. And if they have a domain, people can go to the domain and buy it off of them right there. Right. Also, because Etsy has referral links and stuff, I think I think that's how that works. I think that's what they did. Um, yeah, they they can. I don't know if they rank or not, but yeah, they they get their traffic through that, so they don't have to worry about traffic. And people, it like I said, it's a very specific niche, so they don't have to worry about conversion optimization either. All right, so it just works. People who want a leather. Uh, apron, go to them, and they make a custom leather apron, job done. So that website works. They have an audience, they get their traffic, and they can convert. It works. It fucking works, right? And they make it on, they make it themselves, so that you don't have to worry about sourcing suppliers, you know? So, and yeah, so it fucking works. Other websites, like I said, fashion websites, they want to rank and I think I mentioned this before, like I keep saying, I don't know what I'm, yeah, I'll, I'll just say this same, same shit sometimes. I'll, I'll stop saying that. Um, people who want to rank for things like luxury jewelry, you're not going to fucking rank. Women's clothing, you're not going to beat Forever 21 or Boohoo. Come on. You're not going to beat them. You cannot beat them. You know, they are not going to be, you know, so... You can, and I had this one guy who, wa who wanted to sell women's fashion. He actually looked up women fa women's fashion and he really thought he would rank. He went down to like page 30 or something and he couldn't find his website and he was very, very sad. And I was like, really? You think that's it? Page th through 30? you know, for women's fashion, for a website that's not even optimized properly, or, you know, you're just uploading a bunch of shit, like shit images, and just, you know, a bunch of shit, just putting keywords in Yoast, like women's fashion, and then just 
going down through Google, checking out only 300 websites, you think you're one of the 300 in the world that sells women's clothing? No, no, you're not, you're not gonna sell like that. You're gonna get no traffic with that, you know? People want to rank with generic terms, of course, because that's how they describe themselves. And that is what they think, uh, you know, if, if you're selling a certain kind of women's clothes, uh, like a certain kind of jacket or whatever, then, you know, like they think if, you, if, some, if people search for women's clothes, then they're going to find their website. You're not going to, they're not, you're, no, they're not going to find that website, right? So what I suggest and what I think you should suggest to uh, your clients is that they need to find other traffic sources like fucking Instagram. Now, granted, women, women's clothing, women's fashion, and um, female models, young female models on Instagram are sadly a dime a dozen. If you want to find an influencer to sell your clothes, it's gonna be hard. Even if you use an influencer who actually gets really good conversion rates, it's gonna be hard. It's, it's fucking hard to sell such a generic thing. And that's why people resort to ads. But then how are you gonna fight with Google AdWords with words like fucking women's clothing, women's fashion, you know? You can't outbid H&M, you know? So think about it, you can't, you can't, you can't outbid H&M, right? And so what you need to do is you need to figure out, well, the clients need to fucking figure out the specific niche. Now, granted, the niche itself is like generic women from 23 to 30 <laughs> interested in fucking fashion <laughs> what you know so don't that's that's now this actually goes into uh, ad campaigns Facebook ad marketing Google AdWords uh, that kind of territory and I do have a very interesting experience on that um, that I do want to talk about, not experience, not, not a major experience, but something else on that. But just to get into that a little bit more, that kind of generic terms, generic niches, like broad strokes, that's not going to work. It's not going to work. You can't beat those major players. And that's what the clients want to do. And they, they ask for that. And, you, and it's not going to work. You have to come up with the strategy for them. And that is actually what that is actually going to be supposed to be part of your expertise. You know, you can offer it for free. Like I talk to my clients, I tell them what to do. They don't fucking do it and they fail. I don't know if, if they did what I told them to do, but if I had the drive to actually uh, put in the effort, then I would have tried to optimize uh, the audience selection and the strategies and at least found a way that worked but they don't they just they just get hung up on those generic terms and they think whatever they do you know people people will come if they show the ad like you like you got like 2000 impressions on Facebook yeah well Facebook when you scroll through Facebook you've seen their ads like it just says sponsored and that's it you just scroll through it's got to be good enough for them to actually care you know and that's the thing 
you gotta you gotta get your strategy right so it's got to be good enough for them to actually care is something that's really important that i think most clients don't get and even if you explain it they won't be able to do it themselves which is why um if you are if you actually offer this kind of service or if you are interested in trying this out you need to talk to them and understand the audience now sometimes you get some really uh, specific stuff like uh, if you're selling 3d printers 3d printers are so awesome aren't they 3d printers it's sort of in a very specific age group and it's a lot of nerds tech nerds or just nerds, or I don't know, some cool people, but still, most of them are nerds. I don't know. Like, can you can you believe that I think they're nerds, and I'm you know I'm I'm also probably a nerd from most people's perspective, but I call people who use three D printers nerds. That's <laughs> I can fuck off. Um, so they those people, for example, right. Um, it's a very specific niche. Now, let's say, uh, you know, did you know that there are websites that offer 3D printing blueprints or instructions or uh, 3D models? And that's a good start. People who like those Facebook pages are can be targeted for starters, right? That's a good way to start it. Um, if you look at your Facebook ads, you will see a you will see the three dots, and if you click uh, tap on that, you'll see a little dialogue that shows up, and you can you can select why am I seeing this ad? Now Facebook doesn't disclose all of the things that the marketing person, the marketer, uh, has selected, and doesn't explain everything about why you like this. Sometimes it says the the, the company thinks you might be interested in their products and that's all they say. Sometimes they say because you visited this website or sometimes they say uh, because you showed interest in this product, you know, or sometimes they say, you know, stuff like that. But I always check on that. I always check because I, I just want to know. I want to know why that I'm, I've been targeted for this. And it's, it's really interesting. It gives you a lot of insight. And some stuff are just fucking stupid as hell. Some stuff are stupid. Here's one really stupid Facebook marketing ad that I've seen. Um, people who are between 25 and 35 and are interested in web design. And their ad is, do you want a website? What? People who are if if you if you have a company or if you if you are an entity that you need a website for, you wouldn't say you're interested in web design, would you? I don't know. I don't think so. So they're just because I I look like I'm interested in web design to, in Facebook's eyes because I actually do it. You know, so they're targeting people. They're targeting their competition and not their potential clients. You gotta target people who are your clients, you know. So yeah, so ranking with general generic terms, just give up on Google, find something really specific, and try to try to lock that down. All right, and this this also applies for all the Instagram hashtag strategies. Like hashtag strategies are the you get the generic ones and the sub generic and the really specific, and you need to mix them all, and just so you can rank. 
Of course, you're going to rank for the really specific ones, but hopefully with that power, with that, uh, with those hashtag strategies, you can rank for the uh, uh, mid generic ones. And then hopefully later on, if you gain enough traction, you'll, you'll start ranking for the generic ones. And that's what that, that's what that does. And you need to start with that, right? So like I keep saying, a lot of people think that they can rank with general terms and that's how it, and once they start ranking that people will buy and that's not how that works because a you won't get the traffic and b if the website is not built well or designed well enough you won't be converting at all so yeah those are the main main things that um i think the tier 2 delusions uh should be is about and here's one uh, one more thing that I want to talk about um because not not only is it not only well ranking is an important thing but another thing that I just added here as another thing for delusions is crowdsourcing and using multiple vendors I mentioned sort of something like this before with the florist fucking florist has still not gone uh still not started business properly i think because he hasn't gotten around to it that website he spent like thousands of dollars paying me to do things and he spent like hundreds of hours doing things on his own and not getting things done so he had to pay me again to redo the stuff that he couldn't do and that's all because he didn't have the monetary investment, he had the lack of knowledge, but he did have some time. So he invested that time to make up for the lack of knowledge and make up for the lack of monetary investment. But that didn't work. So he paid me monetary investment and paid me for the knowledge and I delivered and now he has to get the traffic and he has to convert, but nothing, <laughs> nothing. Why? Uh, because, yeah. Uh, so here, here are the two things that I think, yeah, crowdsourcing multiple vendors, and another thing that I think goes well with it is trying to make, uh, air quotes, one-stop solution. So people think, if I can get everybody here, right? If I can get all the wedding venues in this state, on this one website you know it'll work because people can come here book everything for their wedding and it'll be a one-stop solution you know if I can get all the the surfing resorts on my website and I can take the I can provide a one-stop solution for the people who come to my website and try to book things book a book a trip through me then you know, I can make money, you know? So that approach, having a one-stop solution through multiple vendors or ultimately crowdsourcing where people can come sell their own stuff, vendors can either register or you take, or the, the client takes care of the, the network that the person has and they put all the stuff on there and it's a one-stop solution. These approaches are slightly different approaches, but these these approaches are pretty much they they come from the same place. They come from this idea where they think they can provide the best solution. 
they can provide the um, the overarching, all-encompassing solution that is the best for the users. They think they can do that, but maybe, well, maybe they can. Maybe their stuff might be able to do that. But I keep saying, where are you going to get the traffic? <laughs> right? And how are you going to convert? Also, you have to get more traffic and you have to convert more than the people you are registering. You know? Like if you have a five-star resort in Bali and you tell them, hey, you can get on my website and I, you, your, your resort can be featured on my website and I'll book a lot of people through, I will book a lot of people to your uh, resort. So, you know, help me out, give me a discount or, you know, like why would they? Because they rank way higher than you do. You know, they don't give a shit, you know, so it's not just that, like almost every, every person who is trying to do that, it just doesn't work that way, you know, and like, like even like what I said, uh, wedding, wedding venues, wedding planners have been around for a long time. And a lot of times people, if they get married, I didn't use a wedding planner. It has nothing to do with me, but I've seen people in this industry try to do that. And a few of my friends are uh, very well connected in the wedding industry thing because uh, I have magician friends and they do weddings. I don't do weddings. I don't like doing magic at weddings. That's not important in this case though, but uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so um, the wedding planner is actually the person who takes care of everything and that's the person who has a network and that's the person who can get the deals. That is the person who goes out and gets the clients, the couples, and they get them through the door, they get them on board, and the wedding planner takes care of everything else. The couple going to a website and putting everything together on the website, it's not gonna work. It just doesn't work because wedding planners do that way better in person, getting more money out of it. That It just doesn't work that way, you know? Think about all that kind of stuff. Think about think about like if you have a multi multiple vendor, right? Like the florist, the 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 florists that he is trying to get on the website, they do their business well enough to be doing it without his help. You know, so why would they care? You know, like even if they're on it, they get orders from him to just deliver flowers somewhere. Why would they even care about you know putting in any effort in this guy's website because they get their orders, they have their business as is, you know? That, so, this doesn't work. It just, it's, it's a structure that really does not work because traffic and uh, you don't have the leverage. So, you know, it's not gonna work. It is not gonna work. People keep saying like, oh, you know what? If people are on my website, they sell their stuff on my website, you know? Like, they're gonna do the marketing for me. No. They might, but if it doesn't sell, they're going to stop. You know, Think about how much money Skillshare or um, Udemy spends on getting you on board. Think about how many offers they give you, like how, what the deals are like, how cheap the deals are, how they drive traffic to their websites. You know, that's how it works. That's, that's 
one of the very few places that that actually had worked. Masterclass has a totally different approach, right? If you don't know Masterclass, it's, um, it's a place where they teach all kinds of stuff. And you can learn magic from Penn & Teller. You can learn how to write screenplays from Soderbergh, I think. Um, yeah, you can learn electric guitar from Tom Morello. Tom Morello is the guitarist from Raging the Machine. If you didn't know that, shame on you. You should. Uh, and they, they get all the best. You can learn acting from Samuel L. fucking Jackson. Oh, sorry. Samuel L. motherfucking Jackson, you know? So, Masterclass is a different approach. Skillshare and Udemy, uh, they do the crowdsourcing. They do the multiple vendors. They do the one-stop solution approach. They do it well because they have the money to invest in getting the traffic there. Uh, Masterclass, so many ads on Facebook and Google and everywhere. I don't see Google ads, but I see Facebook ads. Uh, they have so many ads everywhere. And yeah, like they, they threw money at it in marketing while getting the right teachers. They don't crowdsource. They don't use multiple vendors. It's not a one-stop solution or anything like that. They actually get high-quality stuff, and they market the hell out of it. It looks similar, but it's not. It's a very different type of approach from what I can see. So try to think about how you know a local kid, a local person who has this idea, think about how they can actually do this. They can't. So a lot of clients, they have this delusion of, you know, have other people providing the value in your website and then the client, the users paying and you getting commission off of that and you just make money. It never works. I've never seen that work. Oh, I've seen one other one work. Well, at least not fail yet. There's this website that I made for this, I don't know what it's supposed to be called, this um, education content creating company. And they wanted me to make a website. I made it in Divi, actually. And I just, just came, went to the website. It's not gone. It's still there. It actually works. But they haven't updated anything last I've seen this a few years ago. So I don't know if it's still working or not. Uh, but what they do is they connect a, a language teacher with a group of students. And it's supposed to be like a study group type thing. And I don't know. They, what this guy did was he actually, and because uh, Chinese, although nowadays China is in sort of very um, scary situations, um, Chinese is a very hot language to learn, as in like, you know, it's, it's, it's being pursued quite often quite by a lot of people uh, because, you know, Chinese is, is a very important language in international business, you know, so... Um, th this guy, one of the one of the owners or whatever director of that company, actually went to China and just found a bunch of students that he wants to he wants to sign up, and then they provide, you know, like he's like, yeah, you just get this much money, and, and as long as it pays for whatever, like simple part time jobs, that's what he's trying to do. If you don't get the classes, you don't get the money, and you just uh, we'll promote it for you. And I think he spent quite a bit on ads. And stuff, and I don't know if this worked because if he if it did work, then he would probably have more people here. But if not, I don't know. But at least the website is there because the company has its own business, and this is I think a new venture that he's tried, 
It's been a few years, nothing has changed, so I'm not sure how it's going, but at least it's still it's still up there, it's still working, so hope for the best, you know, like, I haven't failed miserably or anything. But it works, it works because he uh, is spending money on ads and for like getting language study groups and it's 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 a slightly I don't know I don't know if it actually works well or not but that's what that's what he's trying to do and it doesn't and he can he doesn't have to spend a lot of money he doesn't have to invest a lot of money consistently because it's not his main business this is just a business that supports his main business of content creation so I guess I guess he can keep it around you know so this is one of the very few websites that have have not failed yet websites that have not failed yet. I don't know if the business has failed or not, but we'll see. All right. So, um, let's, uh, let's wrap up on this. They, um, like I said, the main delusions that people have is they try to rank with generic terms on Google and they keep thinking once they start ranking with those generic terms, they can make money easily. They cannot. It always fails. So tell them, to get a good strategy or you come up with a good strategy for yourself you know so there you go uh, and another one is trying to make a one-stop solution multiple vendor crowdsourcing website because unless you have the leverage it's not gonna work so a lot of people think that it's a very common delusion you can make it like using WooCommerce multi-vendor plugins and stuff but it's not going to work. And if somebody comes to you like that, tell them, show them that, tell them that you can do it. Set the parameters because as long as you know how WooCommerce vendors work, uh, the plugin or YITH vendors work, multi vendors, there are like three plugins that do that. Do that. Three major plugins that do that. So, and another is like Butta, Duda, or something like that. And three things that three plugins that do that. As long as it's, as long as you know the parameters of how they work then you can make a website that actually does that for them. Just take, make sure you take their money and, just, you know, that's it. You're not promising them rankings or anything. Just, just make sure you get that out of the way. All right. Um, I'm almost at an hour, and I, just, I have some news and resources ready, but I'll just go over one more thing. not a WooCommerce thing. This is actually a WordPress thing. Uh, what's coming in WordPress 5.4? Fucking 5.4. This was updated. This was posted on February 18th. And WordPress 5.4 is scheduled to be released on March 31st, 2020. It is... It looks really good. It looks really good. There are some... Ooh... I can try it out with a beta tester plugin. Ooh, probably won't. Um, so they have some improvements to the block editor. Uh, I've, I've mentioned this before. I keep saying that, sorry. But I've mentioned this before, but I mostly use Gutenberg now because it's fine and Divi is not. So use Gutenberg. And they say that they have a lot of new features for the block editor. Um, and some of them, besides like social icons block, I don't care about that shit. But what they do have is like um, 
Gutenberg has a buttons block by default. It didn't have one, but now it does, which is sort of okay. But yeah, color options, um, drag and drop to put in featured images, like in the right places, just, you know, because otherwise normally you have to click on something and then it would open up the media uh, panel and stuff. It doesn't really change my workflow, but oh well. Uh, you can change text color inside a paragraph block uh, with a small little uh, balloon that opens up. You can add uh, you can add a caption underneath the table block, I guess. Um, one really important thing, I think, that's important uh, is they fixed the block toolbar on mobile. So it's way better on mobile. You can actually edit on mobile. So that's really good. I think that's great, right? Uh, another thing is easily select gallery image size and they have a better latest posts block, their loop, latest posts block. And here's another one that I think is the most important thing, the most, the, the biggest thing that I'm actually excited about with 5.4, easily selecting the blocks. <laughs> Fucking hell, man. Gutenberg is, I like it a lot now because I've used it quite often, but the the blocks are hard to select and when they're inside a group or a column they're they're it's just hard to just click there's this really small spot where you can click on them that's how you that's how you click on them. multiple selections are harder it's it was annoying it was annoying so uh they're fixing that so i really hope that's better and uh one more thing for developers they actually have a new uh, PHP function for short codes. So they're not, um, they're not, what is it, uh, uh, depreciating do short code yet because uh, it will take a very, very, very long time for that to actually depreciate. But they are adding apply short codes. So now what you can do is you can actually run multiple short codes with all kinds of stuff way better than you would have done in uh, um, do shortcode, right? So this this is a m very significant upgrade, I think, in, especially if you're building custom stuff and you wanna use shortcodes because you have a plugin that does a certain thing and you wanna do, do a, wanna run a shortcode in a certain place. Sometimes it causes problems opening, closing shortcodes, can cause problems for do shortcode, but if you use apply shortcode, it'll be a lot better. So I'm really looking forward to that. And of course, you know, easily selecting the blocks. So those two things I'm actually looking forward to in WordPress, WordPress 5.4, hope they don't mess it up. And um, I think that's it for today for our podcast. We talked about a lot of stuff, hope it helped. Uh, if you have any questions, of course, uh, send me an email or post a comment on, my, on, the, on the blog. So, uh, yeah, I'm very bad with signing off, so I'm just going to do that now. All right, I'll see you in the next episode. Bye-bye.